Shalom Aleichem to everybody. And uh, uh, today is the, we're already entering into the 19th day of Elul. Today was Chayel, Chayel, a very, very auspicious day in the Jewish calendar. It's the, the yard site of the Maral. The Maral is a famous Maral. I was speaking to someone just recently um, who went to visit um, Prague. He was telling me about it. He went to the Maral Shul. And, uh, you know, we spoke about the whole thing of the Goylem. You know, it's not so clear if the Goylem really, really, really existed. Not that people don't know that. They think, oh, the Maral's Goylem. Everyone knows about the Maral's Goylem. But there's one word I always used to say in there, Yaakov. I said, everyone makes a whole tumult about the Maral's Goylem. Right? The Maral made a Goylem. First of all, you know, there's a famous mindset that the Gro. When the Grub was nine years old, when the Grub was nine years old, <laughs> he already learned Kabbalah and he already learned how to make a Golem. And he was, uh, he was planning on making a little Golem. Maybe he wanted a little pal, a friend. I don't know what the Cheshbu was. And then he saw that a Ruach Ra went over his head. He saw that there was some Ruach Ra. What do those things mean? I don't know. What does it mean he wanted to make a Golem? What does it mean there was a Ruach Ra? I don't know what those things are. But the main thing is, is that he decided then that he's not going to make a golem. So first of all, you see that a nine-year-old boy who's steeped in Torah, even at an early age, had the ability to make a, to make a golem, which is beyond their understanding. Now, I don't say that the, the, the morale couldn't make a golem, but it's very it's questionable. There's no place in the... I heard this from my good friend, Rabbi Shua Hartman, and other people, they've researched it. There's no place in the, in the ksavim, in the svarim of the morale, when the morale writes... Anything related to the Golem. This doesn't mention it. It's very strange. If he made a Golem, he would have mentioned it. The Pashtas. Anyway, but what I always say is that everyone makes a big thing about the morale's Golem. I said, I was bigger than the morale. The morale was able to make from, from nothing a Golem. Yeah. From Afar. And he took different things. I took Golems and I made them into Tamid Chacham. <laughs> or I made them at least into mention. You hear the words. We had a few Golems come along. Libby, I don't mean you. I don't mean you, Josh, or anybody else that's listening. But uh, I think that's even higher, Majega. To make someone that's a Golem, to turn them into an Adam, that's already a big thing. And, uh, ah, so today is my, today's the Maral's, uh, the Maral's yard. So it happens to be it's my, my oldest daughter's birthday. So when I left Yeshiva today, I wanted to wish her a happy birthday, and I wanted to do a, I wanted to give her a present, and I couldn't find a present to give her. The, the only present I gave her is as I called her and I said, "Listen, where are you now?" She said, "She's just coming out of school. She's a yoetzet uh, and a menahelet and everything else." And I said, "Come, it's a very hot day, it's a very very hot day, very muggy day today." I said, "I'm going to come pick you up and drive you home." So that's what I did, and I gave her a bracha. She gave me a bracha. And she said on her birthday, she has an ability. And I said, she was born on the Morales, the Morales yard sites. Some people say, if I'm not mistaken, I have to check up on it. Lubavitchers will know better that they say, I think it's the Tzemach Tzedek's birthday also. Tzemach Tzedek. Rabbi the main thing is, we're getting already 18, 19 days into Elul. And uh, this Matzi Shabbos is going to be the first Slichus. We're holding a little bit more than a week away from Rosh Hashanah. Ah. Just to say those words, a little more than a week away from Rosh Hashanah, Tavshin Pei Beis. Tavshin Pei Beis.
I'm, I've been trying to think a little bit of what the meaning of Tavshin Pei Beis. I always try to look for a little Ramazim. It should be Tavshin Pei Beis, Tehei Shnas Pidyan and Binyan. Pidyan and Binyan. It should be a year, Mitzvah Shem, the Ramazim should be Paida, should take us out from all the Tsaris. And it should be binyan, a binyan by Yisadiyat, which means to the binyan by Yisamigdash, to build ourselves. Klal Yisrael should have a binyan. And um, I, met a, I met someone outside today, just before, um, after Mincha, a neighbor of mine, I see that the, 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 there was a pl- the police were there. You know, a very, very chashvah that lives next door, and he was... And very and everything, him and his wife, and I see his son, and there was another elderly woman, and there was a, a young shoter and a shoteret that were there. So, you know, you want to know what's going on, what's the latest hack, so I waited till after. And then I saw that, you know, they both smiled and they said everything, nice things to each other. Little mice that took place here on Rechov Mishkolov um, today. What was the mice? And the mice was this younger man, he's a, he's a very chashva, I happen to know him. And he uh, he said I asked him afterwards after the police left I asked him what happened he said he said that he he went to sh- he went shopping whatever it is after he was in yeshiva and then he came home and he parked the car and then he went upstairs to the house when he came down later on the car's not there he starts looking he's looking here look maybe he parked it in a different place we have two entrances but he, he wouldn't usually park it on the top entrance but sometimes it happens. The kids are, can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. Finally, said, some of us have stolen it. That's the only logical explanation. They finally had to call the police. And the police, uh, the police asked for a description, they asked for the, 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 the license. Now, it's just worthwhile to note, the police in Israel, there are cameras all over the country. And uh, they sent the police car with a, Shoter and a Shoterit to do investigate. And when they got there, they told them, I said, you know, do you have any idea where the, did you maybe lend it to somebody? So he says, no, I didn't lend it to anybody. Didn't lend it to anybody. Didn't think he lent it. Then all of a sudden, when, like the, the woman Shoterit was like saying, like, you know, think about it. You know, maybe there was something. Finally, it hit him. He, he tells his son, he says, wasn't there a friend of yours that said that maybe he wanted to borrow the car? It came out that the, 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 the son had a friend and he told him, if you need to use the car, you can use the car. And he f- didn't come along. He didn't tell anybody that he's using it. And somehow he borrowed the car. So they told him that they see in the cameras that there's a Dati guy and they see exactly where he's been traveling and this and that. So they, they really knew where the car was. They really knew where the car was. But uh, they... Um, so I said to this, what, no. so what did we learn from this? What did we learn from this? He said, I'll tell you what I learned from it is that I gave 700 shekels, tzedakah money, to the Kupa Seir, with Mayor Balanes, that should get my car back. He says the car wasn't that important. He says he has an older car. That's not the important thing. He had a computer in there with, he explained to me, dozens, of, he has, he's a big time of right? Svarim. He had notes and notes, and that's what he was more worried about. Rabbi, so you hear what people are worried about? It's not the car. Not the car. It's what the car is holding. It's really a great, great lesson. To me, and as he said, but what really came good came in, first of all, a little pachad. A little pachad. You know, just think about it. You know, your car is stolen. You know, it's like, yeah. It's a little yusurim. It's a little yusurim. A little, you know, you get... 
a little pang. You get pangs. You start thinking about, you know, you're losing something. And uh, and I said to him, I said, really, to me, it's like a Levi lesson is that the Rebbeinu doesn't forget anything. Like we say in Davening, we're going to say, Zoycher kol neshkachos. remembers everything. So we know today everything is computer, everything is seen, everything is, everything is on camera. Rebbeinu doesn't need any cameras. He sees everything, Zoycher kol And we have to remember, that's it. We're going to go in front of the Mishpat. We're going to go in front of the judgment. And as the title is, The King and I. It's really what it's all about. And a lot of times we get into, you know, Elo, we get into thinking about the relationship. Am I, am I doing the right things? Am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? We try to make tikkunim and everything else. I just want to mention one line of here from Revolvi that I learned today. That he just says, just a good line, we're just going to use it. It's not going to be the mo- major theme of here. But he says, Haschalas ha'tshuva eina machshova ala chatoyim ela ha'is his almus mayhem. The beginning of tshuva is not the thoughts about the chatoyim, the, the sins, but the main thing is to remove the shiftless in our hearts. It's almost like a chasidish revolvi. He says a lot of times we begin to get down on ourselves, and we we we're meyayish. We 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 give up. We give up. Nothing's going to change. It's all going to remain the same. I'm going to try it like I did last time, and it didn't work last time. So I'm, I can't change. And uh, and that's the that's the most harmful thing to the process of tshuva. The process of tshuva is ain't yush. Don't be meyayish. Like we say, ain't yush. Ain't yush ba'olam. There's no yush. Well, as the Swarm say, yush shaloi das. The famous sugyan Baba Mitzia. Yish only comes about when what? When you don't have das. You don't have thoughts. When you're not thinking about who you really are. But a person, a person thinks about every single person inside of us. We have a nakuda of kedusha that we can somehow raise ourselves up. And 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 we're all in the Rebbeinu Shalom's world. We're in his, we're in his holy world. We think about that. I'm in the Rebbeinu Shalom's holy world. What does that mean? The more I connect myself to the holy world of Hakadosh Baruch I'm in his holy world. But a person should never forget this point. That's a haschala of tshuva. You know, my Rebetzin spoke today, and I'm going to speak all about a great, great woman of valor who passed away just two days ago, Rebetzin Sarah Finkel. Uh, I don't know if one of the pictures here, if you see the picture of Reb Nassim Svi, you know, you want to pull it down to Yisrael, yeah. This is, this is Reb Nassim Svi's, that's all, yeah, the great Rosh Hashiva of the Mir, right? I don't know if you can see it, oh, now you get the pictures good. So Reb Nassim Svi's mother, Mrs. Rebetzin Sarah Finkel, um, thank you very much, just passed away. She was 101 years old when she was nifter. She was born in 1920. And uh, my wife had the schus to have a relationship with her. She was a chavrusa of hers. What did they learn? Didn't learn Torah, so to speak. They used to paint together once a week. Rebetzin Finkel and my wife had a relationship for I think over 25 years, but not in painting necessarily, but my wife was involved with a cookbook that the Rebetzin Finkel put out. It was her first published work, a cookbook, which was published by Targum Press, and my wife did the graphic, did the graphic design. It happened to be, I didn't tell the Rebetzin, Rebetzin Yiddish, that our daughter Yael told me today that she uses that cookbook, which is a great cookbook. 
It's a great cookbook. She uses all those delicious, delicious uh, recipes that Rebison Finkel put out 25 years ago. And for that, started a relationship. I don't know exactly how many years it's been. My wife basically used to go every week, once a week, to paint with Rebison Rebison Finkel. She's famous. They wrote in the articles about it. She used to paint a lot of pictures from her son, and other Gedolim. The truth is she was a lot bigger than her paintings. But she loved to paint. And the main thing is she loved to use her time in worthwhile activities. She didn't waste time. She lived 101 years and she used it to the fullest. That's what the Rebison said. She used life to the fullest. My wife might have said, Rebison said a little bit better, but that's my nusuch. She used life to the fullest. And uh, my wife was there this past Monday. She sat with her for three hours, or two and a half hours, however long it was. And they painted, and the Rebison was very happy. She always used to ask my wife to help her to f- finish paintings. We have a new painting on the wall that my wife painted, Yibad Al-Chaim of a great Yid. Maybe one day we'll speak a little bit about that Yid. And, uh, and Rebison, Rebison Finkel passed away again. It's two weeks, a little bit more than, in less than two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. She lived 101 years. Let's think, just speak a little bit about her. There's some famous stories we're going to say, but some not so famous stories. She was born 101 years ago in Poland. She came from Gera Hasidim. And her parents, 120, in 1920, they decided to leave Europe and they moved to St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, next to next to Minneapolis, and uh, why they moved there, I don't know exactly why. Very cold country, very cold part of the United States of America. And she grew up no Beis but she had a, her family with big machnis and they were from people. And many many gedolim would stay at their house, and uh, they ended up having an interesting uh, interplay that when she was. I guess of marriageable age, there was a big Talmud Chacham that came to their house to raise money. He came to the community, and that was house. He wrote that he knew there was Shem Shabbos, Shem and he happened to be the brother of Reb Lezer Yehuda Finkel, the older Blazer Yehuda Finkel, the son of the Alter of Slabodka. I'm not mistaken, he was a Shmuel. He was also a big Talmud Chacham and Mashkiach in Chevron Yeshiva, and he came to raise money for the Chevron Yeshiva, then, which was then located in uh, Eretz Yisrael. And uh, it was cold. Minneapolis is cold. I remember, oh, I remember once going there for a wedding. Rebbe and I went there for a wedding of the old Neryak of Talmud many, many years ago. Freezing, freezing cold. In the winter especially. And this Rav, and, and her father had a meaning that he would wait after Shabbos night. He would see if there are him in the shul. And he said, you need a place to eat. And he would bring them home. And their house was like a house mamash filled with Achnos's Archim. And the entrance to the house they would always have the Rosh Hashivas and the, and, the, and the people that would come to raise money for different organizations would come. And in the back, she said there were two entrances. The back entrance was where the older people and the poorer people would come and her mother would feed them and this and that. It was like two different, like Avram Ravina's house, you know what I mean? Different psachim. And that's where she grew up. She grew up in a neighborhood, in a house, which was steeped in chesed. That became part of her. And one day she brought home, her father brought home this particular Talmud Chacham. And uh, he stayed in the house, and he had problems with his feet. So first of all, she went, he had problems walking, so she went. She asked her father, could she get his, his slippers? She got his slippers, and she gave him slippers that was comfortable, helped him to, 
And then after Shabbos, he wanted to go to visit, I guess, a well-to-do person. And her father was explaining where the person lives. And, um, and she saw that it's going to be difficult for him. So she decided she put on her coat. She said, I'll walk you. And she walked him to the house uh, in Milba, whatever, snow or rain, however it was. And he was able to get there. And I guess he saw what kind of quality she had. And uh, a week later, he calls the house, speaks to her father, and says, I have a shidduch for your daughter. Who's the shidduch? My son. His son. His son was a Rebellia Finkel. Rebelli Meir, I think it was. Rebelli Meir, I think Rebelli Meir. The father of Nosson Svi. Can you imagine? The big Tamachacham, he picked her out to be his daughter-in-law. And eventually they got married, and they moved to Chicago, Illinois, and there they opened up a catering business. They had a kosher catering business, and their house was also a house which was filled with Tamid HaChachamim and Chesed and everything else. And uh, especially the, 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 her, his, the, the uncle, Reb Yehuda, used to come there from the Mir Yeshiva, all the big Tamid HaChachamim, Baron Cutler, and, uh, and others used to stay in that house. That house was a house filled with chesed. That's the house that Reb Nassim Svi Zatzal grew up in. And then there's a famous story which is written in the book, and they spoke about it yesterday. Two days ago, they spoke about it in the Hesbid, about that when Reb Nassim Svi was 14 years old, his family decided to go to Eretz Yisrael to visit Eretz Yisrael in the late 1950s. And they spent the summer in Eretz Yisrael, and the main thing was they visited with their illustrious relative, the Rashiv of the Mir Yeshiv, Finkel. And he was 14 years old. And Rebbe Yehuda uh, called in the parents at a certain point, and he said, you know, your son, Nassim Svi, he was living in Chicago. Now, he went to the local yeshiva system over there. But Nassim Svi, I have to tell you, Nassim we all knew him. Uh, we knew him. When we, I came to the Mir Yeshiva, he was a very chashu young man. He was the son-in-law of the Rashiva. But we used to call him Nady. He was Nady Finkel. Nady Finkel was a good baseball player. He was a good basketball player. He was the valedictorian in the class. He was a bright boy. He could have gone on to become, you know, a good Parnassa, and he could have been a good Balabas. And, uh, but Reb Yehuda saw him, Reb Yehuda said, ah, I wanted to stay here in the Mir Yeshiva. A 14-year-old boy staying there at Yisrael. And his mother, and then was Sarah Finkel, and Sarah said, I can't leave him here. You know, he's a young boy, and he has a younger brother, Reb Gedalia should be Gesundenstark. Reb Gedalia Finkel, who eventually, today he's a big Rashiva in the mirror, but at one point he was a Rebbe in Eriakov. In fact, I met one of the Talmudim last night, David Ram, reminded me that Reb Gedalia was his Rebbe when he was in Eriakov. We were like, that Reb Gedalia in the Yeshiva. So um, she had a dilemma, should she allow her son to stay? And she ended up being there for Rosh Hashanah, and the way the story goes is that during the Rosh Hashanah laning, they laned the story of the Akedah Yitzchak. And Reb Yitzchak Ezrachi, Shabika Zutnishtark, who was married to Rivka. His wife Rivka was a young girl. She was the daughter of Chaim Shmulevitz. And when they had Kiddush in the morning, so Rebetz and Sarah Finkel asked, what, what was the laning all about? She wasn't the Beisakov girl, so she, didn't, she knew about davening. She knew to speak Yiddish, but she wasn't a learned person. So Rivka knew English, and she explained to her, it's all about the story of Avram Avinu and Yitzchak. And she also tied it into Sarah. So Sarah Finkel, at that point, she said, she thought about it, and she said, if Avram Avinu could be sacrificed his son, 
so I can also do a sacrifice for the Rabbani Shalom. And she told her, Blaise Yudah, she's masking that Rav Nassim Svi should stay in Eretz Yisrael. And um, when I say the rest is history, there's a lot more to the story. But if you think about it, everyone spoke about it. It's really an amazing thing. She decided to do that act of mysterious nefesh, to let her 14-year-old son stay in Eretz Rabbi said, no Zooms, no cell phones. Every, you could, phone calls were like almost impossible. They used to write letters. One time, Reb Nassim Svi wrote back to her, said, ah, I had such a great week in learning, and Torah is so gewaldic and everything else, and she was so happy when she heard it. And she wrote a letter to him. I remember those old letters, those areograms, blue areograms. So she wrote, and she, she, she wrote on the, on, the, on the address, she said, to the best bacher in the yeshiva, and she put three bases roll. That was the address of me. To the best bachar in the yeshiva. A letter comes to the office of the yeshiva and says, to the best bachar in the yeshiva, they know what it was. So they brought it to Rebelezi Yehuda, and Rebelezi says, ah, she recognized the address from St. Paul. That's Abnassan Svi's mother. They gave it to Abnassan Svi. That how happy she was. Rebelezi Rebetzin Finkel was a, a unique person. She was tremendous. She did a lot of chasadim. She did a lot of things, and she loved the yeshiva, but the most, imp- I think, the, when I say the most important thing, can't say the most important thing, we don't know the chesbainas, but everyone spoke about the fact that she, her messiah's nefesh created that Reb Nassim Svi, that she not only gave birth to him, but she gave the spiritual birth to him. Because we think, take a look today, the mere yeshiva today, the multitudes of talmidim that have gone through the mere yeshiva from the time of Nassim Svi became the yeshiva, the buildings that he built, and the con- continuity of the yeshiva, which continues now with his son, Rebbe Yehuda, and the whole family and everything else, all due to the act of a mysterious nefesh of one woman. What did this one woman, what did this one woman say? What did Sarah Finkel say? Sarah Finkel said that I am a bas melech. I'm the daughter of a king. Daughter of a king, that's really what she was saying. And she always acted that. She was very, very, she was almost like a queen. She always was dressed nicely, she always put together. And my wife always used to speak about it. And every time I would come to visit her every once in a while, she asked, she bought, she wanted to get my book. And we got her my book. And remember I came and she always addressed me, Rabbi Liv, Rabbi Liv. She was always, but she always was very, very royal, royal, Abbas Melech, Rabbi Sai. And I think that that's a great message before Rosh Hashanah, for us to understand, Bas Melech, Ben Melech, the king and I, What's really going on? If we really analyze it, we really analyze our relationship with the Rabbi Shalom, you know, and what we could work on. And the main thing is not to be miyayish, never to be miyayish, never to say, oh, it's all the chatoyim and never going to make it. No, don't be miyayish. There's an akuda of kedusha within us. But the first thing is for a person to recognize, I'm a ben melech, I'm, I'm a prince. And the more, and that's what I want to be. I want to be more of a prince. Instead of saying, my relationship with the Rabbanu Shalom is, well, what do I get from the Rabbanu Shalom? You know, I need this, I need that, I need good health, I need parnasa. Uh, for sure, we always turn to the Rabbanu Shalom for everything. We have to ask him for everything. But, it's, but there's a deeper relationship. The relationship is not just, what do I get from the Rabbanu Shalom? What is the Rabbanu Shalom giving me? He gives me everything. The Rabbanu Shalom is the king, and I'm the ben melech. So I'm the ben melech, I have to act in a certain way, I talk a certain way, I eat a certain way. I thank a certain way, I walk a certain way, I think a certain way. That's the relationship of a, of, of a person. That's the way we have to begin to think. 
And for sure, we all have uh, our chesbon is what we have to get fixed up. What we have to fix up. And the world today, I'm going to read a, a line over here. Joel Azuri wrote me this, uh, wrote me this um, from Rab Mansur in the, in the Navi, Naftari, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. This week's parish, Yeshaya Navi foresees the time. That's what the, you'll take a look at the, at the, at the words in the, in the, in the Haftarah. When darkness will cover the earth and fog will cover the nations. Interesting. But upon you, God shall shine. Kla Yisrael. As the Mishnah teaches in the end of Masech, the Sech, the period before the final redemption will be one of chaos and turmoil. The world will be thrust into darkness. There will be crises, upheavals, widespread moral decay. Think about it. Crises, upheavals, widespread moral decay. You can't, it's like very, very clear. Just at the darkest point of the night is the moment before daybreak. The period before the final redemption will be the darkest era. And here he mentions the morale of Prague. He doesn't say this to Yartzit, but it's very, very apropos. Explains that Hashem created the world in such a way that growth and progress must be preceded by darkness. Vayerev, vayyvayker. It's erev, and darkness is a period of demise. When a seed is planted in the ground, it decays before producing nourishing, delicious food. Construction must be preceded by destruction, and so the world's most glorious moment—the arrival of Mashiach—will be preceded by a period of darkness and crisis. You know, I was looking at it in a little bit of a different context. This concept of the parsha, parsha's kisav, it's very like a, it's a difficult parsha on a simple fashion. The beginning of the parsha is very, very upbeat. It's very geschmack. Wow. Kisav el you're going to come there to Israel. Wow. You're going to get the race for Yadama. You know, all the bikurim. Oh, you're going to go up in front of the Kayen. And he's going to take the tene, Yadacha. And you say all these words, Rabbi Yadavi. And you and I called out because Baruch took us out, and now I'm bringing you my first fruits. Erizavas Chol Devash, wow! They landed flowing milk and honey. What a great place! You got to be so happy of all the goodness. Wow! What a great way to begin a parsha. And then later on the parsha, Baruch Atavir, Baruch Atavir Wow! All the great brachas that you're going to get when you keep the you keep the Torah. Then you're going to get a little but then all of a sudden the second half comes. It's like this, it's like, you know, it's like Okay? First half went great. You're up 21 nothing. <laughs> Everything was clicking. The, the front line was going, the D line was going, the passing was clicking, the running backs, uh, going. All of a sudden the second half comes. You get Shemais from over here. Before you know it, you're down 48 to 21. Like, what happened? We didn't score a touchdown and get nothing. What does the Pasuk say? If you're not going to listen, all the terrible... I was learning to my Chavrusa today. You, hear, you just read the words, you get afraid. HaKadosh Baruch is going to send Me'eira, Mehuma. Just the words themselves are like scary. Me'eira, Mehuma, Megeres, Ad Hishamdecha. Listen to this Pasuk. Yad Bek Hashem Bechos HaDover. HaKadosh Baruch is going to be Medabek yourselves with Dever. Pan epidemic. Ad kaloises until you get removed from the earth. Asher atavashamalavish until you get removed from Eretz Yisrael. Pretty bad things. 
Bashachefes, Bekadachas, Badalekes. Rashi explains all these different terms. This temperature, that temperature. I was speaking to a friend of mine outside, speaking about the Delta variant. It's, it's going around. It's crazy, crazy. Not normal. And, and people are getting affected. And then there's another positive here. Yachr Hashem Bishigoyen. Bivarim Asim and Leva. We're going to be mamish like Bishigoyen. And this is the Pasik. We're going to be like feeling out in the midst of the day, like a blind person is, is, is in the darkness. We're not going to know where to go. So the kids, it's like, you know, beginning, it's like really nice and upbeat. Later on, it's like really, really tough. Now we know we read this because we want to get rid of the clothes. We should get rid of the We know the reason why the clothes come is because we don't serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Which is really the theme that we got to get back to. We got to be besimcha. We got to be besimcha. But it's just a hard thing to understand. Like the real question is, we see the rabbanim bringing so much tzaras into the world, so much tzaras into the world, and it, it's a zman of din, and it's very very hard when you're in a zman of din. You know, I've mentioned a few times. We have a neighbor in the building, nineteen year old boy. I, I just spoke to his mother last night. He's on an iron lung. It's, 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 we're just diving in Yonason, Simcha, Ben, Leia, Rivka, Shnever, Fush, Lema. And he's just one of so many that need Rafus and Yeshua's. And all the, you know, I spoke this week, I spoke to a friend of mine who I didn't realize at the time. He's the grandfather of the Kaddish, Shmuli Silverberg from Denver. Hashem Yimkem Damav, a Kaddish, a Kaddish, and uh, a Yeshiva Bakr, and his father, Rabbi Burstein, was a great Rebbe in Tab for many, many years, and Ruach HaTorah. We have a great relationship. I called him up, I was Menachem him, and we spoke about his son. But so, so much Yisurim, so much Nisyanis. But there's a piece that I learned from Revolbi today that really, I think, just capsulizes that we'll just use a Paraphrase some of the terms over here. Rabbi Yeruchim says, If there aren't difficulties, there aren't barriers, there aren't nisyanis, then you really can't get to true Avas Hashem. All the Gedolim only came to the Madragas that they came to, through the Yetzirah. All the schusim come about when a person is battling the Yetzirah and he finds a new way somehow to be able to overcome the Yetzirah with the help, with the help of Hashem. Lefum Tzara Agra. You know, in, 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 in popular terms, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. But we say the real pain is, the real pain is the fighting, the difficulties in order to be able to maintain a spiritual lifestyle. That's really what we're judged about. We're judged about four people, uh, excuse me, three people that they obligate us in Talmud Torah, the Ani, the Usher, and the Russia. We'll just speak about one of them, the Russia, Yosef, the Russia. If the Russia comes along and says, I can't learn Torah because I have such a Yetzirah. But people have a great Yetzirah, no question about it. So we say, were you more beautiful and handsome than Yosef? Yosef a tzaddik. He was enticed by Yeshus Potiphar, and he still was able to overcome it. The, this is really what it's all about. 
What it's all about is that how do we deal with Nisyanus? And I think that when we see that there's darkness that's covering over the land, when, there's, when, when everything seems to be so dismal, when there's cosmic changes in the way people are living in the world, people are not the same. I spoke to a few people at a wedding last night, a beautiful wedding last night, a chasna. You know, I spoke to someone who's in business. He says, no, he hasn't traveled in two years. He's finding he can do a lot more business on Zoom. Yeah. I spoke to Rav Michal Guterman. Rav Michal Guterman is the head of Shuvu. He himself is a tzaddik. He used to live here, and I know him for many, many years. And he says to me, no, he, he's not traveling. He's doing everything on Zoom. He says, then Zoom? No, the, the Gvir used to have answers. No, I'm traveling. I'm flying. I, I don't know where I can get you. Said, no, you're not flying. You're, home. you're in the office. Rabbi Sai, the world is, the world is collapsing in the aspect of what we thought is the way the world should be. But it's all the planting of the seeds. The Rav Hashem is creating this because he wants to see, hey, are you still holding to it? Do you still have the Amunah Hashem? Or all of a sudden things, you don't have Amunah Hashem. All of a sudden you start running after this thing and that thing. I have to tell you this, it was just a little line, you know, I'm, you know there's a, a some people look at Naftali Bennett, who's the, now the Prime Minister, uh, in a um, negative light because he's very, not really very encouraging for the religious parties and everything that we need and everything else. But they say that there's a picture, I didn't see it, but you have to give credit where credit is due. There's a picture of him putting on Tillin, okay, now he went to the White House to meet with Joe Biden. And, uh, a picture of him putting on tefillin. So that, that's a schus. It's a schus that a prime minister is wearing a pair of tefillin. That's a, no question. That's a schus. And at least it shows that that's where, that's, the, that's a maizah mitzvah that he does. So we, we, that's what we have to understand. Where do we hold ourselves when the going gets tough? Does the tough get going? I think that's the message. Yeah, the beginning of the parasha is upbeat. We have to be thankful and we have to be grateful. We're not grateful for all the goodness and kindness that the Prophet gives us. And it's all, every single aspect. And I saw in the Sefer that the goodness and kindness, real gratefulness is when you go through hardships. When a person went through hardship, a person, chas v'shalom, had to go through a, a difficult situation and he came out of it. And he recognized it was all because of a Kodesh Baruch Then the gratitude is a gift and gratitude. When everything just goes, on, just getting, it's all on gravy train, just getting everything. It doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove anything. What's the final message that we can give you tonight is the famous words of the Arachayim HaKadosh. Very famous. It's even turned into a song by Rav Pelei. But what he says is on the Pasuk of the Samach Tebuchol very famous Arachayim HaKadosh. We've mentioned it. I'm sure you heard it before, but it's worthwhile just to repeat it. Pasuk says, ah, ah, ah. What is What is all the goodness that Akash Baruch has given us? So the Archaim says two perusim. One thing is Hakadosh Baruch Hakadosh Baruch is the source of goodness. He's taif. He's includes all the taif, and that means. Don't look at anything else. You, really, you, want, you want to know where, you, where your paycheck is coming from? Your paycheck is coming from the Rabbanu Shalom. So why are you running after this thing, after that thing? Go to the Rabbanu Shalom. Dive into him. 
Malach, you're going to get it. And I think that's what the Rebunisham is telling us now with everything that we've been going through. Hey, hi, I'm here. Do you hear me? Do you see me? Let's wake up. Let's not run after all the other things. Now we have to do a shtatlis. It's all a shtatlis. But the real source of everything is the real type is a Kaddish Baruch And then he says something else. The real type is Taira. The Ain type El Taira. And he says these famous words that people would know. Priests would really begin to understand the, the deliciousness, the, the, the Arevus, the, 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 the wonderful taste of the Taira. They literally run after it, like it says before later on, Meshugayim. The real Meshugayim is run after Torah, like the way the great Gedolim run after Rip. Rav Moshe Sternbach Shlita was in the hospital. We still should dive him. Moshe ben Devar, but he got out of the hospital. He's home, and he went to give a shir in his yeshiva, and they had to hold him back. He wanted to go right, right away, like straight from the hospital. And he, and what did he speak about? He spoke to the Bachram. To write their write down their their their, their shiurim, just writing ksivas hachidushim, not to write new chidushim, just write over the shiur that himself. And he is a prolific writer. All his whole life, he's been writing, putting out, and he continues to put out. If a person would really know how great the Torah is, then everything else pales in comparison. Now, by the end of the day, if we want to know an eitzatayva. Before Rosh Hashanah, and these days, not only to wait till Rosh Hashanah, but it's really to take a look and say, hey, look what kind of goodness HaKadosh Baruch is giving me. And what is, the, what is true good? True goodness is my relationship with the Torah. The relationship with the Torah is, 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 is multifaceted. It means the learning of the Torah, the keeping of the Torah, the benadam l'chaveirai, the tefillah, every aspect of the Torah. But the taiv in the world is the Torah. And the taif and the taif is a Baruch So this is the 19th day of Elul. And uh, as we said before, Shatanei Shnas, Pidyan Ubinyan, Pidyan Ubinyan. We should be able to be binding ourselves, build ourselves, to be nifta. And we want to give a bracha. The king and I, Rabbi, so that's it. The king and I. I'm with the king. The king is with me. And to hear about a great woman of valor who knew that she was Abbas Melech, and therefore, she was willing to send her son, to keep her son, a 14-year-old boy, away from her. It wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing. She cried. She had tears. It wasn't a simple thing for her. Yeah. As you know what it is to be a mother, but she was a real Jewish mother. And look what came out of that. What came out of that. The malchus of the mere yeshiva came out of that act. Everybody said, what could we do to be makriv a little bit to the Melech Malachim, Melachim HaKadosh Baruch Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Pleasure to spend time with you. And uh, we should be Zoychem Ritz Hashem. The Shabbos should bring us into Kisava Yaloritz. Erez Zavas Cholav Adavash. Land of flowing of milk and, and honey. Not like the land of, of flowing of milk and money. America. And we're Mispalo for all Yidden. Bechol Makam Shehem. They should be well. They should be Yeshuas. They should be Refuas. Wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to come into your home or your car or your office or wherever you are. And again, we want to give a little shout out to J Foundations for all the help. And everyone should please enjoy the platform. And we should be Zaychem Ritzeshem. Mashiach Tzitkainu Heir Amen Amen. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank 
jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it'd be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.